AJ Jones. Yes. And we're back from vacation. We are. I love the way you're all like dressed in pink and I'm dressed in grey. Well, um, right before we recorded, <laughs> you were going back through the little thumbnails yes. of all of the previous eight recordings or whatever. And yeah. I was wondering what you were doing and you were checking to make sure you weren't wearing the same outfit. Well, the problem with that is I only own like seven shirts. So I've already, you know, I've already worn this gray shirt. But what did we discover about your shirt? We discovered that I pretty much wear the same outfit every week. You don't. Uh, you wear well, the same color. The same color. I wear the same color of green, but I have worn the same outfit that I did have on this morning. I was I was all ready, and I was just waiting for him. And then I realized I'd worn that shirt twice. But you're green. You wear a lot of green because it goes with your eyes. Yeah, and I like green. It's my favorite color. I wear a lot of gray because it goes with my hair. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Yummy. Can't make the stuff up. Magic's still alive. Yeah. And he's wearing shorts, which is very distracting for me because I can just reach under here and feel his knee. Not distracting for me at all. <laughs> really? Go ahead. Tell us about vacation. So last week, <laughs> last week we went away camping, which is, uh, you know, for those of you who've been listening to the podcast for a while, understand that camping's a revelation to me. But this time we took our camping to a level I did not imagine. We went RVing. We did. I will admit, when we pulled in, Initially, I was like, oh, dear God, what have I signed up for? Really? Yeah. All the RVs. I oh, was like, oh. I feel a little bit. Like not to our site, but like into the campground. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel to okay. realize that my wife, uh, in all her shapery goodness, had picked, you know, the best campsite ever. Literally. So we were completely secluded. Yes. But it was a little bit of a cultural awakening when I drove in and saw all these RVs. Yes. And... I think we can best sum it up as our seven-year-old son. I said to MJ, bro, how do you like uh, RVing? He's like, I like it. Kind of feels like we're cheating on camping, though. And I said, why? He's like, well, we're in a box with Wi-Fi. I was like, yeah. Yeah. But I I mean, I loved it. I, it's the first time that we've RVed, and I have great aspirations about taking family trips with an RV, but I just... Wasn't sure what that would be like, and now I feel even more confident that I would like to do that. Yeah, we just rented one. Yeah, we rented an RV, and uh, the guy that we rented it from was lovely. So he brought it, and he set it up at the park for us. Uh, And it was great, because you get to sleep with air conditioning, and the kids all had their own beds, as opposed to being on inflatable mattresses that always let the air out. Mm -hmm. And so everybody slept great. Didn't matter that it rained. Didn't matter that we had raccoons that kept visiting us. Yeah, what? What? Like, are raccoons dangerous? Because they were not frightened of us at all. I, I mean, I've always thought that they could be aggressive, but these didn't seem aggressive. Like they just came right up to us. They didn't care about the fire. They didn't care about me making dog noises. Daylight. Nope. They came in the daylight to come check out our campsite. Yeah, that so. was that was not great. But it's like all the benefits of camping. So you're yes. outside, fresh air, campfire, s'mores, hammock, way chilled. slower life yeah. with all the benefits of being at home, AC, Wi-Fi, electricity, refrigerators, yeah, ice. Yeah. It was great. Uh, the only thing that was really funny was the the camper that we rented, the air conditioning vent was right kind of above our heads and so Alan was super excited because he was like, I'm getting AC and this is great. And I had to sleep. AJ slept with a fleece. 
zipped up. And I'm like, this is awesome. Oh, because it was blowing right down my neck. Mm. Yeah. So, anyway, it was awesome. I loved it. I want to do it again. Two thumbs up. Yeah. I also like that we had two LCD TVs so we could play the Switch in either the living room or our bedroom. We did. Yeah. So, yeah. Camping plus Nintendo. I'm a happy man. It was great. Well done. And you planned that whole thing, executed it. It was excellent. Thank you. Thank you. You you were not confident it was going to be good. I think I had suspicions. Like, I'd never rented an RV before. The first place, not the place we actually rented the RV from, but the first place seemed a little sketchy to me. Like, their insurance, I was like, uh, you know. So, I was really happy. We kind of used, like, the Airbnb of RVs. Yeah. We used something called Outdoorsy. Worked great. Yep. Yeah. So good. Oh, and our air conditioning is fixed. So, we came back to a cool, quiet, calm house. Praise Jesus. Yeah. And you said it's quieter, our new unit. Yeah, way quieter. Okay. Our old unit was like 14 years ago, and I think it was uh, like a bunch of hamsters in a stone wheel. Well, when it would come on, on. it would go, whoom. Yeah, it was not good. That was my impersonation of our air conditioning unit. This is the podcast magic you (laughs) sign up for. (laughs) So we've been doing a series based on a book by Dr. Chip Dodd called Voice of the Heart. And the eight feelings that we have done are... Oh, sure. Put me on the spot. Our eight feelings are hurt, lonely, sad, angry, fear, shame, guilt, and glad. Well done. Thank you. It's almost like I have a little notepad right here. You cheated, but I'll (laughs) let it go. I know them. I just can't recall them. This is like kind of the story of my life. And you've been looking at the little piece of paper for a couple of years now. Once a week. I know. Every week, looking at a piece of paper, I still, you know. I still pull it up on my phone. To work out what they are? Yes. Yeah, me, me too. Anyway, we've been doing these eight feelings. We've been talking about them. Dr. Chip Dodd, the author of the book that we've been studying, is going to be on the podcast with us next week. We're really excited about that. He's going to be answering the questions that you have sent us. If you would like to send us more, go to alanandaj.com slash ask, and we'll make sure that we ask him your questions. So as we've been doing this series, we've discovered that every feeling has a gift and an impairment. Yep. A gift if you actually feel your feelings. Yep. An impairment if you refuse to. Yep. And we've discovered that actually all of the feelings, even though some of them sound bad, are really, really good and they're essential for full-hearted living. Yeah. So we've talked about them. Yep. But let's move from talking about them to what are we supposed to do with them? The big question that people listen to the podcast or they read the book and go, right, well, now what? Well, that's what this episode is about. It's about how to feel your feelings, which sounds insane that we need to be taught how to feel our feelings. But I I mean, from my own experience, it took me till I was in my early 40s before I discovered that you need to feel your feelings. Yeah. And at first it was an alien process because I didn't think I had any. Let me start with this brilliant line from Chip's book. Feeling our feelings is about beginning to take responsibility for the content of our hearts. It requires us to live out of how our hearts are made and use our feelings to experience and add to relationships, first with ourselves, then with others. So here's where perhaps the most important thing about feelings comes into play. We're stuck with them. Yes. I used to think, like, I, I think my journey with this was being convinced that we have feelings, being convinced that feeling your feelings is good, and then thinking, okay, you've convinced me. If I feel my feelings, then I'll no longer have to deal with my feelings. Like, if I sit through the process of feeling my feelings, then magically my feelings will go away and I won't have to do this stupid process anymore. <laughs> and that's not how it works. And that's not how it works. Yeah. 
I think the first place to start is to actually submit to how we're actually made, which is an emotional and spiritual being with feelings that are a gift from God to allow us to live fully when life becomes tragic. Yeah, Chip says that line, life is tragic, but God is faithful. I hate that line. When when I heard him first say that, I was like, no, life is not tragic because God is good, therefore life is good. And what I realized is I don't want to live life on life's terms. Like right. I want my the my revelation of the goodness of God to protect me from ever having a bad life, like having anything negative happen to me. Right. And I'm realizing that's an unrealistic uh, way of looking at life. Yes, we live in a fallen world. And we live with tragedy. Yes. But what I've since come to learn is that because God is good, he's going to be with us no matter what shape life comes in, like good, bad, or ugly we have access to the presence of God, and actually our feelings allow us to be present with God, with all the bad things happen, and allow his goodness and his presence to be with us as we go through those horrible negative things. Right. So basically, the gift of feeling allows us to move near God yeah. and feel his presence in the midst of whatever is going on. Yeah, because if you think about it, it's very hard to rec- that God's called a comforter for a reason. Yes. Which means we would need comforting. Yes. So if we're like, no, I'm good. I don't need comforting. Yeah. We've really got no use for the Holy Spirit. Well, not just the Holy Spirit. The Father and Jesus also call themselves comforters. Right. So yes, we, uh, we have a problem. Or when Jesus <laughs> says, come unto me, you who are, you know, weary and heavy laden. Yes. We're like, no, I'm good. Yes. So the, the whole premise of being with God is that we are weak and in need. Yes. Of God. You know, the whole thing of God dwelling among us is he wants to be near us and somehow i've i've missed that i'm thinking god wants to be near us when you know to empower us to do good works god wants to be near us you know yeah yeah if we stumble and fall he's going to lift us up so we can get back on the race but the truth is he wants to be with us because he loves us and he created us with feelings yeah it makes me think of that verse babe uh which i think is matthew 23 um about Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who are sent to you. Uh, how often I long to gather you together in my arms, but you are not willing. Mm. And I just thought, yeah, we're we're so often not willing, even though God actually wants to connect with us and comfort us right. and meet us where we're at. He's looking for our willingness to do that. Yeah, in our fear and our anxiety and our rage, we'd rather stone those that God sent us, yeah. sent to us, than actually be with him in our fear and in our shame and in our sadness. Yeah. I was thinking about sadness, like tomorrow's Father's Day. We're recording this Saturday, tomorrow's Father's Day. Yep. We both have significant stories around our Father's Day. So we're talking about life is tragic. Yep. And God is faithful. Yeah. Life is tragic. God is good. For me, like my dad's not here. And so Father's Day brings up feelings about like, oh, my father's not here. I'm now confronted with thinking about my father. I'm thinking about what I didn't get from my dad, what I really want. I'm thinking about, oh, it's too late to do anything about that. So there's feelings around that. And I think historically what I would do is, well, there's no point feeling about it. He's dead. He's not coming back. I can't have what I want. So let's just suck up and move on. Right. Right. Which I've now discovered there's another option, but it requires me to feel my sadness. Yeah. Right. Which is all about the loss of my father. It requires me to feel my anger, my passion about what I want from a father, what in some cases I didn't get from a father. And it invites the father, heavenly father, into those scenarios to be with me. So I'm more fully alive. But guess what? I don't get my dad back. Yeah. Guess what? I don't get what I wanted. But the father gets to be with me. And there's something 
immeasurable about that. And P.S. I get to flourish through the sadness of that. Yeah, we were talking yesterday a little bit about this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Father's Day for me also very painful. Uh, realizing I have emotion right now, even just talking about it. Um, but because my dad killed himself on Father's Day, uh, and it also happens to be his birthday tomorrow on Father's Day, uh, there's there's a whole bunch of emotion riding in on on tomorrow. Right. And uh, I realize like in previous years, what I've tried to do is kind of uh, shut down, just not feel it. Um, certainly before marrying you, I just didn't acknowledge Father's Day. Um, and then once we started having kids, there's the uh, challenge of I want to celebrate you as a dad, but it's such a painful day. Mm-hmm. Um, and some years are better than others. I think last year actually was was better this year. I'm already like, wow, I feel a mess about tomorrow. So am I going to just choose to feel how I feel and trust that God's going to get me through it and everything's going to be okay? Or am I going to shut down? Those are my options. Right. Do you get to be with yourself and in doing so invite God to be with you? Or do you get to move straight to denial, pretend it's not there, probably rage at your kids because they're demanding that you be present with like that's that's your two options. Are you going to be fully alive and feel your sadness, or are you going to move to protection and have fallout for everybody around you? Yeah, or just completely shut down from the day and actually not celebrate at all. Which right. which tends to be actually what we both do in not really Retreat. knowing. Yeah, not knowing how to celebrate well, or being in a season where we're learning to celebrate mm-hmm. well. Uh, historically. I will, I'll say for myself, I will just sort of shut down and be a shadow of myself for the day to survive it. Right, which feels horrible because I feel lonely with you. The kids probably feel lonely with you. Yeah. And then I, I, I was, we were talking about this, like the importance of like both of us suck at celebration. Yes. G- just generally speaking, we're not good. And I, you know, I'm not trying to blame my culture or blame my parents at all. I'm owning, I'm not good at celebration, but I'm realizing in me and you not being good at celebrating, we're perpetuating that because we're not teaching our kids how to celebrate right. and thus be celebrated. Right. Like for me, Father's Day growing up, my dad was like, well, oh, you know, it's just like a, you know, it's just a, a thing made up by Hallmark. It's no different from any other day. Like my dad refused to be celebrated for being a father. So I learned, well, don't make a big fuss about being a father. And so now I'm watching my kids. They're getting all excited about making a cake and baking me breakfast. And and the temptation is just like, you know, don't do that because it makes me have feelings about me as a dad. Whereas instead I'm like, no, actually, I love your passion to celebrate your father. I just love that. So it happens to be me. <laughs> uh, you know, and it's more important that they learn how to celebrate. It's also more important that I understand I am worthy of being celebrated because I am a dad with glorious gifts and incredible limitations. Yes. So our point in sharing all of that was not like a big boo-hoo about Father's Day. The point rather was life is tragic. It is. God is faithful. Yeah. There's goodness to be found when you feel your feelings in the midst of sadness, in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of heartache and brokenness. And good comes from it. Like hopefully our kids will grow up knowing how to celebrate and be celebrated. Yeah. And in the process, our hearts will get healed as we learn to celebrate. Yeah. I hope all of that made sense. (laughs) Yes, but hopefully. (laughs) I was thinking about the gift I got last week. The picture 
that somebody sent me. Remember one of our one of our uh, students, oh, yeah. a friend of ours, uh, sent a word art. I guess that's what you call them when it's... You say word art and I think about Microsoft word art. No. And I shiver. Oh, no, not that. But like a nice hand handwriting, hand yes. lettering Frame. Um, with the words, uh, all my life you have been faithful. Mm. And um, I think it's from that Bethel song. I'm yeah. sure it's that line has been uh, other places as well. But uh, when that song came out, I remember just I would listen to it over and over. And I was like, yeah, that's me all my life. You've been faithful. And uh, was even talking about it this morning on the with the Finding Father group, you know, that uh, I'm sure there's people that could look at my life and go, you know, no, he hasn't. Look at your testimony. Right. You know, look at what you've been through. But m- my heart really does feel all my life he's been faithful. But I think that's because he's healed the places where there's been a disconnect, mm. you know, like and, and where I've I've needed to know where he was and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So. Um, yeah, wow, what a process. So this morning I was listening to my testimony while I was getting ready to host a call, which sounds really funny, but uh, because my uh, testimony has sort of so much in it, I wanted to see what I had covered and, and what I hadn't, mm-hmm. you know, as getting ready for the call. You were standing there and I was like, babe, gosh, I guess I listened to my testimony. I think my testimony is brutal. Mm-hmm. And you said something to the effect of, no, babe, your testimony is glorious. Your history is brutal. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, right. Yeah. My testimony is glorious because mm-hmm. actually the Lord's done what he said he would do. He's been faithful. He's been faithful. While life was tragic. Yes. So we're discovering that feeling your feelings is essential for full living. Yes. But the question that we must ask ourselves is how do we live fully? Well, Chip actually talks about this in his book. He gives us three steps. Yeah, there are three simple steps to say. Simple steps to say. Really exactly. hard steps yes. to do. Yes. So we're going to feel our feelings. That's step one. Yeah. We're going to tell the truth. Yeah. And then we're going to actually give it to God. Yeah, really simple. Feel your feelings. Tell the truth. Give it to God. Boom, we're done. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with Chip. <laughs> okay? Now, it would be unfair if we kinda, just left like you with those over things. over and over and over and over and over, <laughs> isn't it? Like, oh, here I am. So let's unpack what that actually means, like yeah. to feel your feelings. Like, again, it sounds so ridiculous to be talking about, like, how do you feel your feelings? Because aren't we all going to feel our feelings? My experience is no. I mean, no. sure, I was feeling my feelings. I was unaware I was feeling my feelings. I was practicing the fine art of disconnection and denial. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My 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 MO was shove it down. Yeah. And by yeah. the way, your feelings don't go anywhere. No. They just it's like beach balls underwater. They're they're still there. They're, waiting. they're just gonna eventually <laughs> blow up for yeah. sure. Well, it's it's like the bit you just read from Chip's book. Like feeling your feelings is taking responsibility for what's in your heart. Yeah. It's actually slowing down enough to honor your heart, to give attention to what you're actually feeling. Yeah. I'm, we're we're going to give you some practical steps on how you do that later. But for now, it's simply something as simple as like admit what's in there. Yeah. Like for me, the journey initially was I judged what was in there. Like I had toxic shame about having feelings. So I didn't want to admit what was in there. But like through the practice of slowing down, like what am I feeling? And I should begin to unpack that and being present with myself, I would begin to feel my feelings. And for me as a high verbal processor, I would need to talk about what I was feeling before I discovered what I was feeling. Yes. Like I'm aware there's stuff going on, but I can't articulate it until I slow down enough to like, okay, I'm feeling this. And I would discover the more and more I talked, 
And in some cases, the more and more I was asked helpful questions, the more and more I could actually unpack it. But I went from, I'm aware that there's stuff going on in my body to I can now articulate, I'm using my brain to convey what my heart is experiencing. So you have that option. You have the feel your feelings right. or you have the antithesis of feeling your feelings, which is run away from them as fast as you possibly can. So right. try and shove them down or medicate them. So Netflix or uh, chocolate or porn or whatever the thing is that right. you use to hide from the big feelings that or, you have. Yeah. To hide from your feelings or not be present with yourself. Right. We, you know, we were just talking about being on vacation. Probably the first half of my vacation was not ruined, but was was misspent because I was spending so much energy not wanting to feel feelings that I had. Right. I'm on vacation. I don't want my vacation to be ruined by feeling these negative emotions. And so all of this energy goes into not being present so that I can enjoy vacation, whatever that is. So I stop living my I stop living to prevent myself from feeling. Right. Which is so ironic. And so I'm like disconnected from you, I'm disconnected from the kids, I'm disconnected from myself. I'm you know, thankfully we bought marshmallows, so I'm feeding myself marshmallows, I'm playing Nintendo. <laughs> playing Sudoku. All of this energy <laughs> spent on not feeling because I don't want to ruin my vacation. Yeah. When actually just sitting down and going, Okay, what am I feeling? All right, I'm feeling this, that, and the next thing, you know, okay, what am I gonna do about that? I don't have to do anything because I'm on vacation. It would have been a much, much better approach. Yeah. I think part of the reason for me, at least, that I don't want to feel my feelings is that I discover I'm not enough to heal what's causing my feelings. I don't understand. Part of the reason I don't want to be present with my feelings is it leads me to an understanding that I am vulnerable and in need of God and other people. Yes. So if I sit with my feelings and I realize, okay, I'm sad, angry, lonely, fearful, I realize there's events, situations, people that are contributing to those feelings. And in order for me to bring resolution to those feelings like my feelings are telling me what i need and what i need is outside of what i have right and so and it's in the hands of people you can't control <laughs> in the hands of people in the hands of god yeah. and so it's just like no it'd just be easier to just sit here and just kind of binge watch netflix at least netflix doesn't require anything of me at least i don't have to be vulnerable with netflix netflix is not going to judge me or oh, occasionally it's like are you seriously still watching or should we pause right <laughs> right but the part of my still watching. Click. <laughs> part of my reluctance to feel is it leads me to understanding I need others and I need God. Yeah. And yet that uh, vulnerability and that powerlessness, it actually leads us to an awareness of what we need, which is actually others and to God. Which leads us to step number two. So step number step one number is two. feeling your feelings. Step number two is, is tell the truth. Tell the truth. Telling the truth about what our heart is feeling actually means that we express the unvarnished version mm -hmm. of all that's going on in our hearts. Which is hugely scary because we're being vulnerable. Yes. We're telling another person, this is what it's like to be me. Yes. With all of my stuff and all of my junk. With, and by the way, my story is different from your story. So, you know, we might have experienced the same events, but this is how I felt about those events. And I'm frightened that you've got your own events and, you know, then we're going to get into fight about whose event, you know, ah, so vulnerable. And most of us have been misunderstood by others enough in life to be yeah. afraid to share. It's important that we understand when we talk about telling the truth is, it's, you know, me sharing my truth with you is not permission for me to mow you down as I flesh out about how you've hurt me. 
Like the point of telling the truth to others is not vengeance. Yeah. The the point of telling the truth about others is intimacy. It's like we I'm being vulnerable by telling you what it's like to be me in this moment and I'm asking you to be present with me. Yeah. And it's a very sacred, you know, precious thing to be on the receiving end to care deeply for other people's feelings. Yes. And and requires tremendous skill. So I will say this, if you you know, when we talk about, you know, feel your feelings, tell the truth. Those who you tell truth to, I would encourage you, make sure they're people who've done their own work around their own feelings. Yes, because otherwise... Otherwise, if it was like me years ago, I, I didn't even care for my own feelings. So why would I, you know, why would you expect me to care for yours? Yeah. So like, be kind to yourself as you're beginning to share your feelings. Now, one of the people that you can absolutely share your feelings with and tell the truth about is to God. And we're going to get to God in a second, but start there. But look for, you know, your leaders, your family members, your friends, your counselors, people who've actually done the work around their own feelings so that they're a safe place to hold your feelings. Babe, I was thinking about uh, I was thinking about that time a couple of years ago at Christmas. Do you remember the time I'm talking about? And we had yes. we had just moved into this house. Yes. We realized we had no money for Christmas. For Christmas. And so we used like vouchers and stuff to get presents for the kids. Yep. And uh, so we're having this discussion. And basically you said, so you and I are not getting anything for Christmas. And, you know, we're getting these things for the kids. And I was like, you know, the logical I'm an adult in the house person should be able to go. Yes, that's fine. Yeah, that makes totally sense. We've that got a brand new totally house. totally makes sense, you yep. know. And you even... um. Gave me the logic to hold on to. We have a brand new house. The house is your present for Christmas. <laughs> and whatever. And I was like, right, right. But then I tried to circle back with you. And I was like, babe, I just still feel really sad because I'm a gifts person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, at the time, you hadn't met Chip and friends. And you tried to logic me out of it. Well, that's just not reasonable. You're- well, I did more than that. I tried <laughs> to shame you for even having that feeling because I felt my own shame about not being able to provide enough money for you to be able to, you know, I'm feeling fear that I can't get you a gift. I'm feeling shame that I can't get you a gift. I'm feeling guilt. I don't know I'm feeling those things because I've not done any of this work. Yeah. And so along comes you who bless you or just trying to say, I get all of that and I get the reality and I actually even agree with you. I feel sad about that. I have no room for your sadness. So I remember just, I remember it being Christmas day and me shaming you. And basically, it was like, please get your feelings away from me so I don't have to have my own feelings about this event. Yeah. And it was horrible. Yeah. It wasn't awesome. Oh, it was a low light. It was miserable. But what was interesting was I never circled back on that. But then like a year and a half later, maybe, uh, you came home from group and I don't know what you had discussed at group, but you came home from group and just said, babe, can we talk for a minute? And then we sat and you just apologized for not letting me feel how I felt. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I mean, I hadn't thought of it since then. I mean, that I remember, yeah. I, you know, but um, it was it was was a really great validation of that I was allowed to feel. Mm-hmm. Um because my thing would always be to shut down how I was feeling anyway. Right. So. So here you are brave enough to share a feeling with somebody you love who just 
So shut up. Please don't have feelings. Right. I mean, but at the time please. you had no grid work for that. And that's why I was thinking about it when you were just saying about, hey, you know, you probably want to be careful who you practice sharing your feelings with mm-hmm. because if they don't have a grid work, it might it might be a tricky thing. Oh, it might add um, trauma to you it, already. It, it, it might. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great story. Yeah. I'm so glad you shared that one. Yeah. Oh, that's you're welcome. Great. Yeah. 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 I feel sad <laughs> and ashamed. That's, that's so true. Yeah. But I mean, I just think it's so good of God to bring restoration as well. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't think I needed it, but I realized like I just lost it when you circled back with me about that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I did feel a ton that day that I just just happily shoved down with wherever I shoved the rest of it. This is jumping ahead a little bit, but I was thinking, you know, I've been asked what's the benefit of doing all this feeling stuff. It is much easier for me, I don't know how that I'm going to say this clumsily. It's a much easier for me to be present with you when you have feelings that are different from mine and for me to not try and persuade you why what you're feeling is wrong. Like it, it feels, at least to me, I'm hoping that you confirm this, <laughs> that it, since doing this feelings work, I'm okay if you have a feeling that's different from my feeling. I don't yes. need to rush in and fix it, no, talk you, you out do of it. Yeah. It's totally fine for you to have a feeling that's different from me, even if it's a feeling about me. Yeah. And uh, I can't even quantify the amount of freedom and healing and blessing that's just brought to our marriage. Yeah. And then same with the kids. Like, it used to be that if the kids had a feeling about something, about vacation or a day out or a gift, it was all about me and my performance as a father. So, like, I remember I remember one day just almost bursting into tears. I had planned a day for the kids and I'm backing out. We haven't even gone on the day and already the kids are whining about what we're about to do. And I remember I remember slamming on the brakes as I'm backing out of the driveway and I'm remembering choking back tears and I remember just wanting to sabotage the whole thing because I'm feeling I'm feeling anger, I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling shame. But what I'm feeling anger about is I failed as a dad uh, I feel deeply sad that I I can't do anything good for my kids. I mean, just this avalanche of shame and then wanted to just move away from that as quickly as possible and shame them for being ungrateful so-and-sos. And, uh, and this is all pre this work and just thinking, okay, you're the grown-up in the car. Like, they're like five and seven and, you know, like two. Like, it's going to be okay. You know, like, hey, just, you know, suck it up. Whereas now, I think it's much easier to, for me to be with the kids. Like, even, like, we've had two of them have birthdays during quarantine. And the sadness that they have felt, I've been able to be with them and, and not be like, well, you're ungrateful so-and-so's. You don't realize all the effort that mommy and I have got. It's just like, oh, babe, I totally get it. That must be really hard. It must be really sad. That is not just a benefit for the kids. It's not just a benefit for you. It's a benefit for me that actually I can be present with the people I love because their feelings are not about me. Yeah. I don't have to manage them to make their feelings go away so I don't have feelings of my own. Yeah. I don't even know what that's worth. $10 million? Yeah, at least. No, but seriously, yeah. like, oh, what a rich gift. So what were we talking about? We're talking about telling the truth. Telling the truth, yeah. So what does telling the truth look like? Well, it could be having a brave conversation with a family member or you know your spouse or whatever. It could like be... making your thinking visible, your yeah. feelings yeah. visible. Like, yep. hey, I, you know, it could be a list of I statements. You know, I feel this when you, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it might be writing a letter that maybe you're never going to send, but at least you're writing out the I feel mm-hmm. of things. 
telling the truth might be group therapy. Yeah. Right? I might be signing up to Or to even start, individual therapy. Yeah. Like, yeah. hey, this is what it's like to be me. Yeah, there's a wide, you know, it could be prayer. Yeah. Pouring out your lament to God and uh, the journaling. Book, right. And, yeah. The book of Psalms is David telling, telling the, the truth, truth. <laughs> about how he's feeling. Wowza. <laughs> and all is unvarnished glory. Yeah. I think telling the truth is having been present with yourself and feeling your feelings, you now let your insides out to someone else. Yes. To others and to God. Yeah. Here's something to consider. You know, you talked about having a brave conversation with a family member or a friend. Yes. I, I don't know of too many things that are scarier than bringing your feelings, which might be illogical, might be unreasonable, to somebody else, especially if those feelings are about them. Like, I feel this when you said yeah. this. Like, that's hugely vulnerable. Yeah. But here's the thing. Your feelings are never going to go away. And your options are either tell this person the truth about your experience with them or lie to them. That, I mean, that's it. Yuck. Like, your, your avoidance is still lying. Yes. And lying's bad no matter how well-intentioned your lies are. Well, I didn't want to hurt you. Listen. Right. That your feelings aren't going to go away. At some point, the the threshold is going to be crossed when your feelings are going to come out of you sideways. You know, it's like that couple who've you know have been building animosity for years and never talked about anything. And, you know, and then the husband's just like, "Hey, could you pass the ketchup?" And the wife picks up the ketchup bottle and throws it at him. It's like, "Get your own damn ketchup!" Right? Her explosion isn't about the ketchup. Her explosion is about all of these like built up feelings that she's never chosen to tell the truth about yeah so be kind to yourself and your relationships and tell the truth tell the truth mm -hmm. which brings us to give it to god yes what does that mean well having felt your feelings and yep. told the truth now you're you're led to actually uh, i need to give this to god because i actually can't do anything about this like i need god to intervene right because yeah. this the things that are causing me to have feelings are outside of my control. Like, like most things in life. And all I can do is accept them yes. and bring them to God. Yes. It's amazing, isn't it, that, that revelation that God wants to be with us in our brokenness. Yeah. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Yes. Like his desire to be with us was way before we ever got anything right. Yeah. And actually his power is made perfect in our weakness. It's amazing how often I fight to not feel weak. When actually that's my inherent state. Yeah. I am weak. And he actually draws close to the brokenhearted. So. And he binds those who are crushed in spirit. Yeah. Which comes back to the killsters. Like, wow, Alan, you have no need for Jesus because you have you just don't want to feel any of your feelings. That's amazing. Right. Thanks, Chester and Betsy. Yeah. When we invite the Father into our brokenness and into our pain, we're surprised at his tender response to our weakness. Yeah. That he actually loves to dwell among us. He loves to be among the broken. And then our intimacy level skyrockets because, you know, God wants to be with us in our authentic state. And so living a full life is all about refusing to hide and be vulnerable and be transparent, which is scary, but has these tremendous rewards because then your relationships go to a new level and your relationship with the Father is built on intimacy because it's founded in truth. Yeah. And you get to actually be you. I think it's beautiful that the gladness of God to be with us in our weakness. Like that verse you quoted earlier, of Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you know, you who stone the prophets, like how I've longed to gather you, like, oh, I can see you're in pain, I can see you're in torment. Even though you're killing my messengers, oh, I just want to be with you. I want yeah. to comfort you. I want to be in your presence. The, the, the Lord's delight to be with us in our brokenness is beautiful. And what we discover is that when we're with the Lord, 
his joy to be with us drowns out the toxic shame that says we don't deserve to be with him. Mm-hmm. He loves to be with us, which is contrary to what our toxic shame tells us that uh, you have to perform. Right. Or, yeah. he, you know, he ought not to want to be with us. Yes. Giving it to God is basically is bringing God into the equation, asking for help and recognizing that I am needy and incapable on my own. All right. So there might be people that are listening to us saying, all right, Alan and AJ, I've done those three things, but nothing has changed. <laughs> well, if your goal to feeling your feelings and doing the work, you know, feeling your feelings, telling the truth, give it to God. If your goal in all of that is to make your feelings go away, then you are right. Nothing has changed because you're always going to have feelings. If your goal to doing that process of feeling your feelings was to make the thing that was causing you to have feelings to resolve and go away, then you're right. Absolutely nothing has changed. But if your goal was to enter into full living, then congratulations, a lot has changed. Right. Like your circumstances may be uh, exactly the same, but the way that you live them, you've taken a step away from a denial and a step toward open-hearted living. You're... uh, honesty level is through the roof the father is now connecting to you in your weakness in your intimacy you plus god is the majority you have embraced your limitations and discovered that in your weakness god's power is perfect you might not have discovered it but you're on the process to discovering it and you've embraced communion with god as a better way of living than stoicism and isolation yeah like a lot has changed just through doing those three processes yeah And actually, whoever you're walking through the process with, like whoever the people are that you're telling the truth with, you are building real connection, real bridges, real community, where if you've spent your life actually shoving things down, you didn't have that even if you thought you did. Mm -hmm. This is the part I was alluding to earlier when I said, hey, we're going to talk about this towards the end is, you know, people ask me like, you know, is all the feeling stuff worth it? Like. And they're, they're disappointed when I say, yeah, it's worth it. Like, I, I am sadder than I've ever been in my life. I'm lonelier than I've ever been. I'm angrier than I've ever been. And people look at me like with this confused look, like, why would you even want that? But they misunderstand what I mean. And what I mean by that is I'm more alive than I've ever been in my life. Right? If being alive is feeling your feelings, I'm more alive than I've ever, uh, I've ever felt. All those parts of my heart, the sad parts, the lonely parts, the shameful parts, the guilty parts, all those things, I now have more access to them, which means I have more of me, which in turn means I have more of me to share with those I love. Which means I have more of you. Right. Right. So it's just this win-win. It's just scary because like, I don't think I would want to do the work based on my description of the glory of doing the work. <laughs> No, probably not. No, but the beauty of God is I, I, you know, I found my limitations in my own approach of stoicism and actually discovering like, oh, yeah, I need something I don't have, which means I'm going to do something I've never done before to get results I really, really want but can't articulate what they might be. Yeah. But this is what they are. It's like full living, full life, and it's glorious. And full access to your own heart. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I worried about, one of the things I genuinely have fear about, about doing like a 10-part, 11-part series on feelings is somehow that we're making it sound like we have arrived. Like, yeah, we've got feelings down. That could not be further from the truth. Like, I am I am acutely aware of how stunted I am in my understanding and my experience of feelings and at the same time how far I've come. Yes. So we're we're not experts by any means. We're people who have tasted and seen that God is good in the midst of our feelings and just wanting to share the joy of the revelation that we found. Yeah. And we're we're in a process and uh still learning. I'm still learning to unlearn how I've previously dealt with feelings. Me too. And I literally have to think through 
the feel your feelings, tell the truth, bring it. Like I have to, it still feels very, um, methodical. Right. Um, because I'm actually mirror signal I'm, maneuver. I'm, right. I'm unlearning a pattern that was familiar for 45 years mm-hmm. and, uh, I'm learning well longer than that, but let's not talk about that. Sure. Uh, and then learning a new pattern, which feels very like, uh, counterintuitive mm-hmm. um, because I was so practiced in the way that I dealt with emotion before. Mm. So I, I love that we're doing this work. I love uh, the change that I've seen, but it's still very, for me, I still have to think through the process of whatever. And even today we were uh, just chatting, lying in bed and I was crying about something and I can't even remember what you asked me, but I was literally like, Ugh going to make me think feelings you know i'm gonna make and, you feel feelings <laughs> no but i mean like be process it oh, by you know with feeling taught mm-hmm. and really i didn't want to right you know because again my previous ways of processing life are way more familiar and easier it's just that they haven't gotten me the results that i wanted mm-hmm. so yeah i was just on instagram earlier and I saw Sage Hill post this great thing. I'll, I'll put it up here. I hope that's okay, Sage Hill. But it says this, start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. So practically, what can our listeners do? Like start where you are. Get out a piece of paper and just write out what you're feeling. Yeah. Like just uh, that's the very first step of feeling your feeling and telling the truth. You're telling the truth to yourself about what you're feeling. Yes. The beautiful thing about writing is it slows down the process. Like I am... I'm often unaware that I'm having feelings. Like often in meetings, AJ's like, hey, honey, like it looks like you're feeling something. And I'm like, am I? Yes, I am. And so writing things down slows me down, gets me in touch with what I'm feeling. Like I said earlier, I'm a high verbal processor. If I've got nobody to talk to, then me and you, Jesus, and I'm writing it out. That would be like one of the encouragements I would have is just write it out. Yes. Um, next practical thing, like start where you are, use what you have. Use what you have. I guess look at the community around you. Look for safe people mm-hmm. uh, that you could actually talk and process your feelings with that would have a, a level of understanding about what you're trying to do. Yeah. Um, I would say one of the kindest things you could do for yourself is find a counselor. Yes. They are professionals who want to be with you, who are not going to try and adjust your feelings to make them more appropriate. And I also understand that could be quite expensive, but I'm also aware that there are probably counselors in in the area where you live who will work on a sliding scale, who will work with your budget. But yeah. that could be one of the kindest things. Remember what AJ and I said earlier about finding somebody who is trustworthy to speak to. The last thing you want to do is do all that work to hand over your feelings to somebody who's then just going <laughs> to crash go. them. <laughs> um, and then start talking to the Lord. Yeah. You know, if you've already written it out, uh, written out your feelings, ask the Lord, Lord, what do you have to say about my feelings? Listen for that still small voice and then write down what you feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about you know your feelings. Yeah. And then the last practical thing, I have a bit of, I've got lots of gladness to talk about it, but I've got a lot of sadness to talk about it because I realize all my enthusiasm might be for naught because what I'm so heavily encouraging you to do might not actually be available where you live. And that's like joining a process group, like joining group therapy. It sounds terrifying. I'm in group therapy. It's not terrifying. It's beautiful. Uh, I'm, I got introduced to it because of Sage Hill, this amazing organization here in Nashville, which runs groups all over the city. 
I would imagine that, I would hope that that is available in cities other than Nashville. You might just have to call a counseling center and ask, do you have men or women's groups where you know where you can do process groups? Uh, it's certainly not unique to Sage Hill. It is a therapeutic practice. But f- for me, that has been just this amazing Petri dish is the wrong thing, sandbox yeah, to play Petri in. Petri dish is like a horrible. <laughs> yeah. It's a great sandbox to play in and practice feeling your feelings in front of other people and also practice being with other people who are feeling their feelings. Like, how do you respond when people you don't even know have strong feelings about stuff, maybe even you? And and it's such a glorious thing. It's, it's honestly one of the highlights of my week every week to be in a group process. And I appreciate that that might not be available in your city which would be another thing that you're powerless over that you can take to God and have feelings over. Yeah. And then lastly, like, you know, there's oodles of books and podcasts to listen to. Yes. But I, I would, I'm angry for you to do less up here work and more in here work. And I'm angry for that for ourselves too. Yeah, me too. So we're done. So your three-step process, your homework, is to feel your feelings, to tell the truth, and to give it to God. Mm-hmm. And then do it again. Over and over and over. And again, and again. Yeah. Yeah. Next week, we're going to have Dr. Chip Dodd with us, which oh, we're very excited so about. So excited. He's going to be on a screen somewhere like here. And uh, we would love to have questions to ask him. You've already sent in some great questions. If you'd like us to ask him a question that has been that you've been thinking about as we've been talking, go to alanagio.com slash ask. You can uh, fill in your question and we'll be sure to ask him about it. So good. Well, have a wonderful week and we will see you again next week. Yeah. God bless. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God are things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me. Alan and AJ. Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, sharing their life experiences, keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, they talk about faith in God, and everything under the sun, if you are a human being, there's something here for everyone.